Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. everybody for joining me today. Our guest is Corby Mitleid, and she is a certified tarot master, past life specialist, and author. And she is going to share with us today about everything it is that she does to help people to get past from where they are in life. So Corby, thank you for joining us today. It's great to be here. Thanks for asking, Tiffany. Can you share with us your backstory of how it is that you got into this line of work? Okay. Um, it's what I call the 30-second elevator speech. When I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes, and I thought, ooh, there's magic in the world. I want to go find it. Fast forward to 1973 when I was a senior in high school, and yes, that tells you how old I am. Spencer Gifts had the James Bond 007 tarot deck, and I bought it because we were all hippies then. You had your elephant bell bottoms and your David Crosby fringe jacket and your deck. Um, For 20 years, I read for friends because the stories that the cards told fascinated me. So part-time while I did, (coughs) excuse me, all the other things I've done, actress, author, inspirational speaker, video producer, legal assistant, writer for the graphic novel series, ElfQuest, executive recruiter. But on 9-11, as we watched the towers burn, I turned to my husband and I said, I've got to do the psychic work full-time. People need to know there are other answers out there. And he said, I believe in you, go do it. So since then, I work six days a week, 14 hours a day. I read about a thousand people a year and I get to get up in the morning. I don't have to get up in the morning. That's key. I love that, that you don't have to, you get Mm -hmm. to. Um, I heard you say hands-on healing. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? I I wish I could. I don't know how the heck I do it. It is the kind of thing where I know that I can help relieve pain. Um, The first example I had of it was my friend Sharon, who had had bronchitis for six weeks. Um, Antibiotics weren't touching it. I said, let me see what I can do. Didn't know. Put my hands on her. And all of a sudden, I got this vision of if you've ever watched a beautiful country stream, late winter, early spring, you see the water underneath and it's breaking up the ice. And I kept seeing that. And within 48 hours, her lungs had cleared. Was that me? No, I am just the tool that the healing energy comes through, right? No, I cannot magically set your bone or cure you of cancer. They're little things, but I have learned when you live the examined life, it not only helps others, but it will help you through your very, very toughest places. And for me, that was doing the cancer dance three times. 
Yes. Um, so you didn't fight cancer because what you fight fights back. That's correct. And um, I was not a survivor because you hear the word survivor and you're thinking they're hanging on by teeth and toenails, which is not me. I'm a cancer dancer. I found out how graceful I could be under pressure. I avoided getting my toes stepped on and I got off the dance floor in one piece. Was it easy? No, because while the third cancer dance was a second primary, which took me back to zero on the danger clock, the doctor said, well, three strikes, you're out. So we're taking you from this Dolly Parton figure, literally brunette wig on Dolly and I had the exact same figure to a fat fire plug with permanent side effects in three weeks, suck it up. And mind you, I'd only been married 18 months before, finally found the right guy. So how do you do the examined life? You say, okay, I don't want this to happen, but I have no choice. What can I learn from it? And I knew also from the work I had done with a place called the Option Institute in Massachusetts, find three reasons to be okay with it. I did not care how stupid they were. So I said, okay, you don't have them. You can't get cancer there. Number two, they're not going to get slammed in the refrigerator door at the doctor's every year. And every woman listening knows exactly what I'm talking about with that one. Third, implants. I'll be perky till I'm 93. This is cool. So I, after six hours of a double mastectomy and reconstruction, I walked out of Mass General in three days and shopped for a bathing suit in five. That was 2004. We're 19 years later. This is what 68 looks like. And I am whole. And I teach other people how to deal with their cancer so that they feel more in control and they can choose how they're going to deal with it. Now, do you do that mentally, emotionally, physically, through health? How do you do that? Well, that's part of being an intuitive counselor and an inspirational speaker. What's my, you know, it's funny. When spirit says you're working for me and you agree, spirit goes rifling in your file cabinet internally to see what you got. Me, theater major at Brown University, acted in New York for years. So being on a stage is easy for me. Um, I am a writer. So telling the stories is easy for me. So I speak to people about it. I help them look at how they're viewing it and ask them certain open-ended questions so that they can choose how they're going to believe it, how they're going to deal with it. Um, The hands-on healing part, no, that is only for smaller things. You know, a friend of mine has a migraine kind of thing or their back's out. But because I am who I am and I don't talk about the cancer constantly, People feel that they too can deal with it and go on. What drives me a little crazy are the women. 15 years ago, she had stomach cancer and she said, hi, my name is Susan and I had stomach cancer and I'm a survivor. First thing out of her mouth. But it's not where she is now. Look, in 1973, I was the Betty Crocker homemaker of tomorrow for New Jersey. But I don't talk about it now because I've moved on. It is a part of who you were. It's part of your building blocks, but who are you now? Who do you want to be now? That's where I help my clients find themselves. I have too much fun with what I'm doing now. I've written three books. Uh, my career is at peak. The universe got me off the road. I used to be known as the Travel Channel because it was 45 weekends a year on the road. 
uh, about two months before the advent of the years of what I call murder hornet bingo and hold my beer. You know, if I had still just been doing uh, holistic expos, my business would have tanked. The universe mm. got me off in time. My business has just gone in an upward trajectory. And at 68, knowing that the business is there, you can help people, you've got the rep, your arms are open. Good Lord, what a blessing. Can you share with us one of your most favorite success stories of somebody it is that you've helped? Um, it's not my stories to tell, it's theirs. Things that I have seen when people come to me and they cannot make a decision and I show them, here are your options. When I teach them, don't ask an intuitive, a yes or no question, because what if we say no and you're gonna live in a box under a bridge? That's when the fake gypsies all say, and you have a family curse and spend $7,000 on a candle. What I do is I show people they're strong, they're fierce, they can make their own decisions. And, you know, when you've read 20,000 people the way I have, the stories do kind of blend together. The things that I've done past life retrieval, yes, that helps people. What that is, is they have a life challenge and I can see which past life is affecting them and I hand them that information and it has made a difference. I do soul plane readings, which is based on the work I did with Robert Schwartz, where they come with a life challenge that they think they cannot surmount. And we look at what they came in with, what qualities. We look at past lives and what that may have brought forward. And they actually get to commune with their own higher self, their own soul. And they learn how strong they are. They learn that they're allowed to make a difference. They're allowed to make changes. They're allowed to say no. If I can help a woman maintain her boundaries, when that is so difficult for us in society, those are all the ones that I do well, which is why I don't keep the stories in my head. You want to see them there on my website, lots of testimonials. But the work, I, I am the tool. The work is done by my clients. I give all credit to them. Well, I would agree because if some you can go to a counselor, a therapist, whatever type of person you want, and if they're not willing to do the work, then nothing's going to happen. You can't do the work for them. So I understand that aspect. Absolutely. Um, it, it is very nice to hear like the success stories of other people that, um, you know, that you've worked with because it's inspiring to other people that makes them want to reach out to, you know, work with you because they want mm -hmm you know, a similar experience can't say the same because, you know, we're all different. We'll all have different experiences. Mm -hmm. So can you share a little bit about past lives for people who might be curious, but aren't, don't really know about that realm? Sure. The first thing I'm going to say for every listener out there who says, but the Bible just says we lived once, you're right too. And this is how it goes. Tiffany, Corby, this recipe is one and done. We will never be down here again. But the higher self, the soul, does come back life after life. And the example I use is the actor Matt Smith. Matt played the 11th doctor on Doctor Who. He was my doctor. But when he was done with that, he played Prince Philip, the first two seasons of The Crown. And when he was done with that, he hung up the Prince Philip suit. And now he's playing some guy on uh, House of the Dragon. Matt Smith is like the higher self, the soul. 
the doctor, the prince, and the crazy guy are all like our incarnations. They don't have to be like each other. They don't know each other, but they are all animated by that one soul. So what are past lives about? Nobody can learn it all in one. We're not that bright. So we come back and we learn some part of five things. Unbalanced energy, which is a neutral, healing, service, contrast, and healing of beliefs. Karma is not bad and good. Karma is learning. And an example I use for that to show people how it's different. People will remember Ryan White. Ryan White was the young man who got AIDS from a blood transfusion very early in the epidemic. And so people didn't understand AIDS and they thought he was a horrible person and the family was cruelly treated. But somehow they made friends with Elton John, who basically adopted the family, played at Ryan's funeral. Ryan inspired Elton enough to get Elton to give up drinking and drugs. And for Ryan's honor, Elton created the Elton John AIDS Foundation, which has raised over half a billion dollars for HIV and AIDS research worldwide. The old way might be thinking, Ryan must have been a horrible person, bad karma, look what happened to him. But if you understand past lives as themes, Ryan's higher self, his soul decided, tough life, short life, but it can be a life of service. Look what we can create if we're willing to go through that. So when you see that, you are a lot less judgmental of other people and you learn to look for the good, the things that can work, the things that can make the world a better place. I do this work to help heal, to give people an understanding of how to move forward. I don't sell the magic candles. I'm not someone who is going to do a big ritual. A lot of what I do is psychological and hope and giving people the chance to allow themselves to grow and change. I don't know how I get most of what I do when I go upstairs, I don't. All I know is it's never hurt anybody, but it's helped heal them. And I have to go with that. Where would you say, cause I heard you mention source. Where would you say, what, what is that to you? I mean, source, capital S. It is the pinpoint center of the universe. Our brains, again, little pea brains, we it can't understand what that is. So I will work with anyone, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, Muslim, pagan, Hindu, or believe in Ralph the Wonder Dog. I really don't care. You just, for me, have to know that somebody up there loves you, wants the best for you, and is willing to work with you. Because having done the cancer dance three times, I don't think we're alone in the world. I think I had help. I love that. I love that you're just so open to people from all walks of life. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. People just want to feel loved and know that they're not alone. I think that's really the core of anything and everything, no matter what it is that somebody has gone through. Everybody just wants to know that they're not alone and that they are loved, worthy. I mean, there's so many things that can go along with that. I just love that. Um, I wanted to get into some of your books that I sure. know that you have. Um mm -hmm. Will you share a little bit about those and what they're about for those that are interested that want to go perhaps look into those? Absolutely. Uh, the first book I wrote called Clean Out Your Life Closet. It's backwards, sorry. Um, this is actually a self-help book I wrote because 
too many self-help books hurt. I remember my very first one when I was 13. And the first paragraph was, Judy has a groovy wardrobe. Her hair is far out and her makeup is fab. But nobody likes Judy because Judy's fat. So there in 1968, you've got a 13-year-old girl, thousands of us who were told we are worthless if we don't look right. Mm. And that's what a lot of these books still do. Mine is different. We'll talk about clarity, adaptability, simplicity, and making friends with stress. But in there, I don't tell you, you have to do what I do. I say, here's some of the dumb things I did. Maybe here's a client story. Here's some suggestions. But at the end of each chapter, you have to answer the questions based on your life. For instance, in the chapter, why perfect isn't what you think it is. Has perfect been a friend or foe in your life? Why? When did the search for perfection stop you from doing something important? How did it do that? So by the end of the book, you realize you've got your own answers. You are your own expert. And anything that doesn't work for you, you're allowed to ditch. So that's that one. Um, my I really book, love that. I really love what you're talking about because I believe it's true. Just um, being a health and wellness coach myself, helping people mm-hmm. with their trauma It's true. All the answers are deep within. And I love that cleaning out your closet because that's kind of in a sense what I teach is to purge what it is that does not serve you because there's a lot of junk in there and you do, you need to clean out your closet and all the answers, you're right. They're all in there. You just got to be willing to look deep within. That's right. And remember the person who wrote the book isn't you. If the person in the book says you have to avoid all food with leptin and get up two hours early to do yoga, and you're a single mom with two kids in Milwaukee and a job, you are not going to do that. So you only take from the book what's useful. That's it. Um, The second book is one that I wrote because there are too many people who want to go to intuitives and don't know how to stay safe. So that book is called The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys. Uh-huh. And it basically helps you stay safe. It's like people go to an art museum. They love sculpture, but they don't necessarily want to come home with a chisel and a piece of granite and dig out the camel. Same thing here. This is not going to teach you how to be a psychic. But it'll, it will teach you how to find the honorable ones, the right ones, and stay safe. And the third book, if you were really crazy enough to want to do what I do, is called You've Got the Magic, Who Needs a Genie? And that is every single thing that I learned from being on the road 45 weekends a year for 18 years. So that you realize this is a business and you need to run it like a business. You need to pay your taxes. You need to do it right. And face it, like I say, 68, I'm off the road. 30 years, I won't be here, but we're still gonna need intuitives. And if this can help you get on the road, I think it's great. I love that. I love that so much. I think the one that um, sticks out to me the most would be the first one. So Mm -hmm. I'm really curious about all the listeners, which ones that they're interested in. Um, Do you have your listeners, tell your listeners if they want to hear me reading that book to them, it does come in an audio book as well. Oh, nice. I love that. And we'll make sure we have all the information in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So before we let you go today, what would be some last final words that you would have for everybody out there listening? Okay. Always ask yourself the three most important questions in the world when you're in a stuck place. What am I X about? X can be fearful, angry, disappointed, confused. Second question, why am I X about that? 
And the question we never ask ourselves, what do I think would happen if we stopped being X about that? That's called stimulus belief response. And you are allowed to change your response to a situation at any moment. And when you know that you're in charge of your own changes, all the possibilities of your life belong to you as well. I love that. That's very inspiring and very motivating. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And we'll have all the information to reach out to Corby in the show notes. So I encourage you to do that and check out her books. Are they on Amazon? They are Kindle and paperback and Life Closet is an audiobook as well. Love it. So make sure you check out her books and let us know in the comments which ones that uh, spoke to you and which ones you plan to buy. And uh, be sure to reach out to her for a reading. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye now.